Listening to the Talk of Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew. And I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And today's episode is on the Fate series. I call it Fate Talk Podcast. About time. Because you have to have some cool title with Fate slash something something. You're going to explain it all to me now. It's not going to happen here. No. No? We're, this is like literally a podcast with, I, I guess they would call them normies, the non type moonies that explain. The Fate franchise in a terrible well, way, so that they yell at me. But yeah, that's probably going to happen. That will but happen. you can you can finally explain everything to me, so that I understand why this is such an amazing show. Unless Fate Collide Liner comes back, I doubt anything would make you enjoy the series. You don't think so? Or me being able to explain that's so great about it because <laughs> everything that I like about it, I think is stuff. Well, no, I think you like certain aspects about it that I like about it, but. That's that's stuff that we'll definitely get into. But yeah, I just we needed a podcast topic and suddenly randomly I, I looked at my fate figures and said, Hey, I've never really I I know we talked about fate. Mm-hmm. You know, every time a show comes out for it or somebody, you know, poses a question about it. And I've explained several times to people about like yeah, I like the series to check it out and they're like, Well, which one should I watch? And there is a little bit there to give my opinion on what's good to start out with. But um, never really ever explained it in a podcast on its own. So I was like, oh, cool. That's a good topic is to, to talk about fate and what I enjoy about it and what we have for it and what we play and all that kind of stuff for the fate series. So let's do it. Let's do it. Go. You got to start at some point. <laughs> go. go. <laughs> no, I, instead of talking about talking about. The I thing. guess I guess the, for those that don't know what the fate franchise is, it's essentially a series that all began back in. Was it 2004 or something like that? I think that's what it said, yeah. With Fate Stay Night, the visual novel. And this is a series that basically follows a boy who gets caught up in a a fight between mages who all summon different servants, what they call servants. And those servants will fight with them. And whichever mage, you know, survives in the end gets the Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail is supposed to be this magnificent thing that can grant any, any wish or whatever. So Emiya, who is the main character, kind of gets wrapped up in that and... The visual novel pretty much follows this this three-way path that you can go on, which is to follow these three different uh, characters who he can kind of help assist. And then they get more into that character's, uh, you know, backstory and everything like that, which in that visual novel, it was Saber, who was his servant. There was Rinta Saka, who was this girl that had the archer servant. And then there was this girl, Sakura, who was like a childhood friend of his, who also gets wrapped up in as well. And um, I never touched that. <laughs> of course, it never it has never been translated and came over here, which is completely mind-boggling because of what fate has become. You would think at some point they would go, hey, maybe they would like the original. <laughs> you know, the original, the OG thing. And I never cared much for going and finding a translation version of it. I just kind of, I, I kept wanting to, 
but I always kind of figure, no, I'll just I'll wait until there's an actual official release, and if it never officially releases, I'll be fine. It's not like I'm desperately needing to read a visual novel because you know me, I'm not good at. I have plenty of them in here, and I don't get into them because I just I'm not a huge fan of reading, even though it is kind of more my style, which I enjoy consuming manga versus light novels, even though I really want to do light novels. Uh, so it's just kind of one of those things where it's always kind of been there, and I always kind of want to, but I never did. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why I'll never be up to the standards of what people believe a fate <laughs> fanatic should be. I just kind of find my own enjoyment my own way, which I guess is what most people. They all have their own ways of enjoying it. They'll, either you have the people that are deep diving into everything, grabbing every translation possible for every single thing that releases for it. And there's me who just kind of waits for it to come here, and I go, okay, I really want that. Okay, I really want that. Okay, I'll, I'll watch that. Base Day Night has always been kind of it, – it, it's, it's one that uh, I've, I've definitely have actually have watched all of, I want to say. And I've always enjoyed the, um, the themes of heroism. I mean, Fate Stay Night being a, uh, a hero of justice, Fate uh, Unlimited Blade Works is – seems to be the Avenger hero heroism. And then heavens feel right now. It seems to be a personal hero or, um, a hero on a personal level. Somebody looks to you as their personal hero is the best way I can describe it. And those themes have been pretty strong through all of them. And, and it, and I do really like that. The exploring of that. Yeah. And I, I think that that was my, my initial introduction was probably fate stay night, the Dean version back right. in 2006. I don't remember – I want to say that I watched it through that – what was it? The – I think it was what ended up becoming High Dive. What was the one before that? It was like anime anime TV or something. Anime Network? Anime Network? Anime Network, yeah. yeah. I watched it on that thing a long time ago. Crappiest site ever, but it worked. But I think I watched it originally way back then. Um, or When I watched it, I watched it through that service. And I, I really did enjoy it. I don't remember if I had problems with the visual style or anything like that. I just kind of watched it and I joined the, I enjoyed the kind of uh, aspect of the servants and everything like that. Because I guess that's the, the main the get into Wrath of Bat. The, the main things that kind of drew me, drew me to it, and what ends up still being the thing that I enjoy about it is just this aspect of having these uh, servants they call them be the embodiment of some kind of hero of the past. Or maybe even a uh, a mythological created being. It's not like it doesn't always have to be something that's real. Sometimes it's based off of, uh, I guess, the the stories that were created from them. Like I think about the the assassin from the fake assassin from uh, Unlimited Blade Works, where you have this character that is, and it's cool because this is this is the one of the things I always enjoy about it is I'll run into those characters and I go. Well, I don't even know who this character really is. I don't know who he is. So I look into what the original, uh, his what he's based off of. Right. And it's like this cool little thing of like, oh, yeah, you learned about this. What was it? Swan, the swan uh, swipe or something like that. It was his technique that he used. And it's like. Swallow strike, I think. Yeah, it's like this idea that of something that is technically fabricated, like these tales that they told of him, that ends up being what he's actually created right. from. So. That's always been like one of those fascinating things was kind of diving into, yeah, I guess technically that was the initial like, oh, cool, that this this character is this servant or this this uh, person from the past. Technically, yeah, with, with Saber, the original Saber, it was like, 
okay, that's kind of weird because we've always known say that person to be well they do do a, a good job they do do a good job of um highlighting the explanation um fate stay night uh at least definitely they dug into it because that's her story um it, and they dug into the fact that she was always uh kind of she was shoved into being the king and so she portrayed herself as a male to uh what was the reason to to protect herself or yeah, I mean they don't want to be falling a female a into female, battle yeah. that that whole aspect. But you no, know, it is kind of funny how they <laughs> if you dive any further in it you can actually get into the aspects of like, well, how does that actually work? And then it gets into Merlin and what Merlin yeah. did and how Mordred came about. And it, it it's just it's fascinating kind of like this this alternate reality that they've almost created for all mm-hmm. these characters just to I guess explain the uh the gender swapping that they do with some of these characters. Cause that's, that's one thing that uh, you'll especially see if you start getting into like fake grand order and stuff that they, they love gender swapping uh, characters from the past or just kind of making them, uh, I guess, Paul obscure. Bunyan. Paul obscure. Bunyan is a lolly. <laughs> Paul Bunyan is a lolly. Yes. <laughs> and that, that was, that was another thing that always kind of got a kick out of it was that, yeah, a character would pop up in their, you know, female or the male. And they'll sudden later on, and they always want to keep it a secret. Cause again, going into deeper aspects of what the, the fate franchise kind of does is they yeah you have the the masters that summon up a, a servant from the past who is a hero and then they use those to fight the other people and they always want to keep their identity a secret and i i think they kind of hinted at for a while with the fate stay night where they didn't really know and then over time they kind of have it revealed and there was like this connection that they both have to each other and they'll 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 be revealed over time but they always want to keep that identity a secret because yeah, the that noble reveals their, well that and the that it reveals their weakness. I don't know necessarily that, but I guess yeah, some could have weaknesses. <laughs> I do know that a big part of it is their noble phantasm, and the noble phantasm of was, course is I like their big, was, a, a big attack. I thought that was why they uh, why um, either rule breaker mage or um, writer. They they kept it very hidden because it did reveal their their weakness. I, I want to say it. I I mean, but then again, Ryder blew my mind when when her thing was completely revealed when I watched the Studio Dean version. So <laughs> not the second time. Around. I do. I it's been so long. I really do want to go back and watch the Dean version because that's that's the frustrating thing is that well she didn't come off as what who she actually was and it, it was like. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, the fascinating thing was is that, for those who don't know, again, when we went from the visual novel that they did, uh, it was then adapted as an anime um, with the Fate Stay Night series done by Studio Dean. And like I said, it, it, it was kind of controversial because it wasn't done that very well. And it wasn't until way later that Ufootable was then a new studio that was going to do the Fate series. And they did... Unlimited Blade Works, which was which the was, Ren Tosaka version of the arc, and the and the funny thing about that was it it and this is how how spoiler are we going to be on this? I'm kind of keeping it very vague if we do bring something up, just because they're, if they're looking for this for information, <laughs> Unlimited Blade Works was the one that I wanted to watch the most, literally, because it was the reveal. I it would be Heaven's fill. Well, Heaven's Field was only because of a character's arc that I really wanted to see. And I'm I'm really mixed on that one because it's been really, really harsh on that character. But 
the unlimited blade works was super intriguing, mostly because I had inadvertently bumped into a spoiler involved in one of the, in, in one of the characters. And that's why I wanted to watch it because I wanted to understand how they tied it in. And this is, this goes into a lot of the mechanics that are really intriguing about the fate franchise, which makes, makes it to where it's one of those franchises that you want to dig into, um, mostly because of how they get around certain, certain issues. Like, um, one of the really cool things is technically, I think there's seven, uh, Seven servants and seven masters. It'd be six, six mm-hmm. per per Grail War. Um, yes. Okay, and in because you have Fate Stay Night, yeah, Fate Stay Night, you end up finding out that there's actually eight because there was two more than should have been. Yes, because they were breaking the rules, essentially. Yes. Right. There's, <laughs> yes. I, that you're you're, there you're, you're following. Yeah, there was. There was fake ones. <laughs> there was there was one that was not supposed to be there, and then another one that definitely shouldn't have been there. And that was one of the cool things is how they get around all those rules. Like Andrew was saying, the quote unquote breaker of the rule, um, which is an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 really fascinating how well thought out this entire uh, series is, and, that, and that's the fu- the funny thing is, yeah, you can definitely write it off as just being a a typical battler. Like here's people that are in the current times battling with magical powers and stuff like that. But I, I think it is those intricate inter- intricate things that they kind of throw in there that actually does fascinate me. The backstory of the the servants, the uh, breaking the rules, like you said there. Throwing in new rules, that was one of the things that drew me to uh, Fate Apocrypha. Yes, another battle, but with that one, with Fate Apocrypha, it was two sides. There was the blue and the red team, basically, Mm -hmm. and each side had one of each of the servants. And then you also had in the middle, you had the ruler. And the ruler having its own kind of a mechanic added to it was also fascinating. So it does seem like every time they do bring in another one, another Holy Grail roll or something like that, they always add another element to it that kind of makes it fascinating. So that's, that's kind of one of the other draws to it. I totally forgot what I was bringing up Unlimited Blade Works earlier, trying to, jumping ahead. But yes, they Affordable did start doing Unlimited Blade Works, which again was the same, basically the same guts, the same characters as Fate Stay Night, but doing the Rins arc. And I think that's really when it took off. Well, of course, Fate Zero before then technically was a very popular series but i don't re- i don't remember that i was too into the anime community at the time to know if it really blew up i just knew that when fate unlimited blade works came out it was just huge and then of course everybody's like what the hell else should i watch and like oh, you should go watch zero also <laughs> because that was kind of the prequel story so yeah i guess to get back into that um so you had fate day night dean uh release that's the very first anime that kind of came out and that like i said it's it's still watchable and I think it is a good starting point just because if you do want to watch through all this stuff, that's the best place to start because technically everything created after that assumes that you watch that. So This is very true. That's and the that, struggle. That, that's always been kind of one of those things when people ask, you know, do you think that I should go this direction or this direction? Should I do it? Um, 
chronologically. I've always been strongly against going chronologically. I, like Andrew was saying, it, it, all of the other ones build off of the original Fate Stay Night. And that's, that's like whenever people say, should I, well, should I jump right into, uh, uh, Unlimited Blade Works? And it's like, no, because technically it assumes that you watch Zero. <laughs> Even mm-hmm. though technically Zero, okay, again, going back, to, I'm trying to back myself up so I can explain to people that aren't, you know, fully into this stuff. So they released the Fate Stay Night, which again, adapted one of the arcs of the original novel. And then they did, and then later on, or at the same time, or a little bit before then, uh, a guy named Jin Obuchi, who is a really great writer, has done a lot of anime that we absolutely love, he wrote a novel called Fate Zero. And that Fate Zero novel was a prequel story to the visual novel. So it's a backstory that happens before the visual novel takes place. And it does a lot of telling of what happened in the Holy Grail War that happened before the visual novel. So Ufootable came in and said, okay, we're adapting that, that novel. And so they basically made the prequel story into an anime format. And then later on they adapted the Unlimited Blade Works arc of the original visual novel. And now currently they're doing Heaven's Fill. So that's where I go back to the idea of, well, what's the order you want to watch this stuff in? Well, start with the Dean version. As much as I hate saying that, don't watch the Dean version and go... Wow, this is a really terrible animation. I don't know if I want to watch the rest of this. You have to kind of stick through it. Because what you'll do is after you watch that, you'll watch Fate Zero. Then you'll get the prequel story. And then you'll watch Unlimited Blade Works, which is you're going to go right into some amazing action scenes and animation. But again, Unlimited Blade Works assumes you watched Zero. Because there's a lot of references to it. There's a lot of spoilers that happen there. So, And you're not going to understand a lot of... Well, you're going to understand most of it, but you're not going to understand certain aspects of Fate Zero without watching the Dean version. So I, I think it, it, most people say it's safe to just watch Zero and then go right into Unlimited Blade Works and go into Heaven's Fill. I just think that it's you kind of want to watch the entire thing, even though, like I said, it's a very bad taste at the beginning. <laughs> so that's the sucky thing about it. But no, um, but like I said, I... I I I think of what I was trying to bring up jumping ahead earlier is because I wanted to say that I wish that a footable maybe after they do Heaven's Fill arc with the movies, please go back and do the original Fate uh Fate arc for Fate Stay Night and just so we can replace the Dean. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like as I'll go on those things of like do you, one of those aspects of do you think here's here's the thing if they redo it do you think that they would do it based on the idea that of the assumption that you've already watched unlimited blade works and 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 uh heaven's feel i think they'll do it the same way they did with um unlimited blade works and and um heaven's feel is where technically when you get past that point of that first encounter that um um Ren and and um, Emiya have in front of his house. That is the turning point. That's like the point in which it deviates. Right. At least that did. That's how it did with between. Because uh, um, the original they, and, in the and original or in Unlimited Blade Works, don't do you remember if they kind of just skimmed over that first part, assuming that you had already watched no, Fate Stay Night? They showed all of it, and then once they got to that point, I think it was him commanding Saber. Because I know Heaven's Field did. Point. I know Heaven's Feel kind of made it say, look, this is the point in which things change. 
it, it was well done it hidden well but it it was kind of one of those things that like i said it it being based off a visual novel is going to be based off a choice right so with a visual novel you were going through it and you made one choice over another and that changed the route and like i said from what i remember from unlimited blade works that turning point was the moment that he commanded saber to stop and i guess that would be the point which it deviates over to right. going to rent so it, it, it is kind of one of those cool aspects of how there is choices there that was done in the original visual novel that they kind of technically adapt into an anime format, but they don't specifically make it. It's not like a prompt comes up in front of the, the, anim, the you know, the animation and all of a sudden there's a choice made. He just <laughs> kind of does some choice and then it kind of just continues on, which is, uh, was, is, is fine as well. So, but yeah. Heaven's Phil still being adapted. We're still waiting for the third one, hopefully sometime the end of this year, and then we'll have that one kind of wrapped up. And then, again, like I said, hopefully they'll go back and, and do something. Now, I'm, I'm fine with them, you know, maybe breaking off and doing one of the other series. I think there's been talk about them doing Fate Strange, um, which is a new, I think it's a newer uh, series being done right now. So I'm not saying they have to do it, but I would like, because technically... <laughs> Saber was my original, like, main like character, even though I kind of liked Ren. And, of course, Unlimited Blade Works being kind of following Ren sold me on Ren completely. So if I had a if I had a wish list, I would love um, definitely a remake of of Stay Night. I would kind of like Fate Arc. Well, Stay Night would be the arc. The arc. Fate is the series. That's why no, the, the arc for Saber is Fate arc. That's what I'm saying. So it's, there's Fate, Unlimited Blade Works, and then there's Heaven's Fill. So Fate Say Night, Fate arc, Fate Say Night, Unlimited Blade Works, <laughs> Fate Say Night. Um, sorry, I'm just... It's all I'm, right. Even though I'm trying you're, to protect you're, you're us from... You're the type the, Mooney out of the two of us, so... <laughs> we're trying to protect ourselves from the type Moonies. Um, it's not ever going to happen. I don't there, know why I'm trying. There is a rumor, and I don't know how solid it is, but there is supposedly a an Ilya arc. Now, this is not the Prisma Ilya, which is the Echi. It's actually a supposedly a another one that she actually was supposed to be a fourth arc which I would love if yeah, somebody were to, huh? <laughs> they didn't finish. They it didn't. It the, didn't get in there. No, I think it got cut or something. It got cut. Um, but it would be really even cool though she's to... technically the same age as Emya. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, it's, but okay. But 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 it would be interesting to see that as because each one of them was a like I said was a a exploration of a different type of a hero, and it would be interesting to see what was the idea behind her as a hero. Yeah, I guess to explain that to people, technically the original Fate Stay Night visual novel was a, you know, 18 plus visual novel. So it did have sexual content in it. And so it, when they brought that up, it kind of made sense to me like, well, yeah, I, well, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, because technically if you watch original Fate Zero, you'll know the birth point of uh, Ilya and so you thus know that Ilya is technically the same age as Emya. She's not young. She just looks young. So. She, wouldn't she? No, because he was, what, seven? Theoretically, at the end of the other Grail War? Or was he five? He, he was, was young. He looked like five or something. He looked really I know young. that the girls definitely look young. 
And Ilya was born after the Grail or before the Grail? In the original Zero? Yeah. I know what she is, but yeah. Technically about the same time, yeah. It's one of those complicated things. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's one of those complicated things. But no, it was, it was funny though because Dean did do Unlimited Blade Works as well, but we don't we don't mention that. <laughs> I think we ended up watching it just because just before the readaptation happened, just because we we're you were I think you were curious curious about the again the spoiler that you kind of ran into. Um, I never did run into it before then, so I'm kind of appreciative of that. But it, it's one of those things that, like, at this point, it's kind of hard to hide, but I'm not <laughs> going to bring it up. So those that n- have watched it know what we're talking about. So it's 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 perfectly fine. Um, the only big reveal that's in Unlimited Blade Works, of course, it's probably <laughs> that one. <laughs> there, there's a there's a couple of them, but yeah, that was probably the biggest one. But no, it uh, it's it is great that. It's one of those things where I wonder if the Fate franchise would be as big as it is right now in the West if it weren't for what Foodable doing those two adaptations. Like, because mm. like I said, it, it technically had a fandom. Yeah, it, it did. Just blew I blew up. I, I, I guess I could agree. Uh, but I, I still think that Type Moonies were around. And I'm, I'm saying this as a to to point at a group not necessarily in any disrespectful way i think they call themselves type money so so, okay (laughs) um there it just seems kind of uh anyway it's the word moonies yeah i guess it's the moonies it's the moonies um the uh the 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 fact that well there's always a fandom behind each visual novel so it, it it exists yes but i don't think it necessarily was mainstream as much as it is now yeah it seems like it seems like it was a a lot stronger of a fan base before then and it yeah it it just kind of compounded but i don't know it's it's an interesting question i guess the next one that i became aware of was probably carnival phantasm and this is a funny one because i never got into the other type moon franchises like Tsukihime, even though i have it i never really got into it I think that's partly because I've, I've, I'm understanding that the Tsukihime anime doesn't really cover everything. So it's kind of like one of those things where I'm not jumping to watch it because I know it's not everything. <laughs> what is it? Is it just in the universe, but not it's necessarily? Same, it's using the same. The magic system is the what I'm mechanics are not Well, not the mechanics. It's the same. It's supposed to be the same kind of rule sets and everything of, of universe. But. I don't think it's necessarily that it's not a there's grail no character walking into a holy grail war. There's no Emiya is not there going to school next to them or anything like that. It's just they kind of exist within the same kind of universe. Yeah, that's that's what I've gathered in it, it, it. So it, it's one of those that's kind of I can see it's like, yeah, it's interesting to see more of the rule set of the magic system, but not necessarily that it's going to make or break the 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 show. I wonder if Garden of Sinners is in the, that universe. Huh? Yeah. Garden of Sinners is one of them. That's another one that I would have to add to that. So at least I've watched Garden of, or most of Garden, Garden of Sinners, but I haven't touched uh, Tsukihime. But, you know, the, the, my whole point is that even though those aspects were there, my big draw was to Carnival Phantasm was the fact that it had fake, Fate Stay Night characters in it. 
And I thoroughly love it. And again, that's another one that's just beyond me why that's not adapted or, or officially translated and released here. I, I thought I was absolutely convinced that when Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works was readapted that somebody was going to go out there and go, we should probably buy this. It's it's literally like high amounts of views on YouTube. Everybody just pretty much watches it there. That's where I've watched most of it. It's just I'm browsing other stuff and suddenly there's a Carnival Phantasm thing pops up and I click on it and I watch an entire episode. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, you have the Titan Moon characters in there from like Tsukihime and stuff, which do kind of, you go, who the heck is this guy? And I don't know who the hell he is, but uh, I guess I'll wait till the next skit when there's characters that I recognize. Um, but it is actually absolutely funny and I, I did actually get a huge kick out of it. So I do recommend that once you watch the original Fate Stay Night series, definitely go watch that. I get, like I said, it's technically on YouTube and it's technically not official, but you can't really get to anywhere else. So it's the unfortunate thing. Maybe hopefully eventually Aniplex will bring it over here. It's kind of frustrating. It's one of those things that I, I just need to hurry up and bite the bullet and get, get some of these other shows out of the way. Yeah, we're I going. Do. We're going. I do uncharted. Like. Well, we'll we'll go into something else that you know before we go into our, the full uncharted territory <laughs> for you. <laughs> because I, the next, of course, the next one that was really big that came out was the Fake Flight Liner Prisma Ilya series. So, what is your thoughts on that one? So, if, if before I get into the other stuff and talk to death, I love that show. I want more. It's 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 the the downside is is it's pretty. Here and there, it's kind of etchy. So, and they they don't they don't hide it. It's but it. Well, why I is love that a them. problem? <laughs> why is that a problem, Chris? Because Ilya is kind of younger looking. <laughs> well, this this is where it kind of gets in the the area of I technically can't defend it. Like I can, <laughs> I can defend Ilya and Fate Stay Night because again, she's technically just as old as Ilya or uh, Emmy is. But with the Prisma Ilya. Literally, it's a offshoot story from with the characters from Fate Stay Night with a different setting, and the characters kind of all kind of shovel around. And with this one, essentially, it follows Ilya, and she lives with her brother and family. Her brother is Imya, <laughs> and they all have a nice, happy family, and she goes to school and everything. But then suddenly, she bumps into Rin, and was it Juvia? Was her name Juvia? I don't know. I always forget her name. Ringlets. Ringlets. And oh, they I are, think she's a Beedrill. And they <laughs> and they are magical girls. And, of course, Ilya stumbles upon the wand that Ren Sasaka was using and becomes a magical girl. And then she starts fighting bad guys. And the whole thing with this particular one, like I said, is that you have Ilya is literally in middle school. She is an actual student. She is very young. And, yeah, it gets more troublesome in the idea that it's... It's playing off a lot of jokes of the original visual novel and the original uh, anime. So certain things are kind of played into it. Especially the fact that, uh, of course, with the adaptation of the anime adaptation of the original visual novel, in the original visual novel of Fate Stay Night, uh, mana transfers happen sexually. <laughs> yeah. And the anime adaptation of the visual novel it's kind of brushed kind on, of it's kind of brushed on with unlimited blade works it doesn't actually show it um well, they, they, they but, instead do this whole thing where he puts his hand on her and she's kind of naked but they're not really doing anything they're just touching each other right and with um heaven's Phil, they actually had it pretty much technically yep. 
but they always kind of kind of sidestepped it a lot, even though technically what it is is an actual sexual intercourse that happens to transfer the mana. And with the Ilya one, they do it through like crazy like French kissing, like just slobber <laughs> and everything. Uh, with her character and Kuro, which is this character that comes up later. And so it gets really kind of very sexual with it. So it, it does get in that element of being kind of like, I can't really defend this because they're just kind of moaning all of each other and they're rubbing each other and everything like that. So it is an offshoot of the original series. It does kind of joke a lot with the characters, but it also does got a lot of... This is the this is the struggle that I have with it because I, I didn't necessarily like the original series. I did kind of kick... I got a kick out of the fact that you now have Ilya and she's a magical girl. Um, having, you know, all the other characters there was like, you know, cameo eye candy. But then when it kind of, it never really got interesting to me until later when they started doing the actual servant, uh, merging. Right. Where they would actually, they have some really cool. It's almost like a card captor Sakura thing. Right. Where they would end up fusing with different types of, uh, fighting styles based on what servant they would kind of merge with. And that was what really kind of grabbed me. I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. It is. It and they is. never did it again <laughs> really much after that. It, it, it's one of those really cool ideas that just kind of got left to the wayside. And then even in three-way, it or three-ray, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I know I'm butchering it again. I'm going to get in one, trouble. The, the I got in trouble way. last time. <laughs> the, the second one was two-way, so why not be three-way? Um, it, it, it was one of those um, – the the – it seems like they're. It's right there on the cusp of something that really interesting that they can dig into, and they keep getting sidetracked on other things. And it, it's. It, I I I still love the show. Still love the concepts. I, and it they they keep hitting and missing on on different things that could be really interesting. Yeah, the struggle is that it's technically hard to see a lot of them getting kind of localized. I know that we finally got uh, two way. Um, I think I'm not sure if I got two way hearse because we have like the movie that the movie was because we we been watching them streamed and it, it was starting to get kind of interesting with the newer arc they were doing and then they had the movie they were gonna do and again with the movie it was kind of one of those things where we're like eh, we're kind of might be seeing spoilers for Heaven's Fill <laughs> <laughs> so because that is a thing it it kind of assumes that you watch the original series. So it's okay with throwing out, well, here's this character's identity, and we're not even going to hide it. Here's this character's identity, we're not going to hide that. Uh, here's Kid Gill for some reason. It, it is it is one of those things where it's kind of really fascinating that it's kind of pulling in these characters from other uh, arcs, throwing them in like kind of a hot pot, and then just going crazy with it. And that's where I get really the huge kick out of it, and seeing, you know, Ilya running around with, you know, Saber Lily outfit, or... Um, something like that is, is really fascinating. I wish they would do it more and play off that more. I think with one of the recent battles they had with the quote unquote fake gill that they had in that particular arc, she got pretty crazy with it. And I, again, was going like, Oh cool. Here's the stuff that I really love about this <laughs> series is this kind of infusing servants thing that they were doing. It's just, they never did enough with that. And they were too busy kind of goofing off. And it sucks because the goofing off generally gets in that little kind of, gray area with the with the sexual humor that they have with the characters so it is it's a huge mixed bag for me the fake collide series is a huge mixed bag with me i i want to enjoy it but it kind of gets these in these moments where i'm like yeah i'm kind of uncomfortable with saying that i watched this <laughs> so it it, it kind of sucks in that regard but there is some cool stuff in there that that utilizes those mechanics that i do do it you know kind of get myself drawn to so 
Well, I just adore Ilya, so yeah, she's I, a, I'm kind she's of biased. A mess. <laughs> she's <laughs> just kind of biased. She's a little of a mess. I, I, I comes right to my mind the 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 moment where she was uh, kind of being told by Ruby to do like these little uh, uh, transformation dances and stuff <laughs> like that, and she thought that she it was real. Like, she was trying to figure out how to transform, and she's like, no, you have to do this, and you have to pose, and you have to smile, and she keeps doing it, and then she gets all, like, embarrassed, and then realizes that she's kind of being made a fool of. Uh, there's a lot of fun moments in there, so. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's it's definitely a optional. <laughs> there's no reason why you have to watch that series. It's definitely optional. Of course, anything beyond this is technically getting into alternate realities and stuff like that, so. With the original Fate Stay Night, it's Dean, Zero, Unlimited Blade Works, Heaven's Fill. That is the order that I would suggest of what you need to watch in order to get that entire storyline. Everything outside of that is going to be, like I said, spinoffs. Technically, there is one that you – I can't even How find that. In, there, well, I'm guessing you're you're going to El Miller, right? What I'm saying with that one is it, it technically is the same characters, and it almost feels like it's a sequel to Fate Zero, but there is elements in it that kind of make you question it. But I do believe it is supposed to be a sequel of Fate Stay Night. Now, my question is, okay, how – I know that Grand Order is a quote-unquote um, alternate reality, but how – how alternate reality because i know that grand order is based on the idea of the super future um and that's why you go back to shinjuku for one of the fates or one of the um yeah i guess jumping into the fate grand order series again that this is based off a mobile game that has its own very deep and intricate story in its own it's not just a Candy Crush, it's literally a lot of its enjoyment from a lot of people is its story, which is surprising to say, but it's kind of like that whole visual novel type storytelling, not multiple branched visual novel, but just a visual novel that is, you know, characters on a screen, text box, stuff like that. And yes, it technically does kind of hit on a lot of the Grail Wars, but the thing that I would kind of hesitate on that is that even though with Fate Grand Order, it is in the future a little ways. Actually, I think it's technically like current times supposed to be. But it's in the story, it's like the, it's coming up to the end of times. They know it's the world's going to end. So they start sending people. Well, technically, they these Holy Grails are being kind of transported back in time to these different time periods. And they have to go back and retrieve the Holy Grail. Otherwise, it will kind of destroy time. And so they have to go back there to these different points and uh, retrieve the Holy Grail. And yeah, they do go to uh, the original battle in, in Fate Stay Night. They go, technically, they go to Apocrypha and all these other time periods, which are technically not... I want to say that the Fate Stay Night, or Grand Order, is going to be uh, canonical with Fate Stay Night. But... Because, yeah, Apocrypha technically was a a kind of event. It wasn't, like, a singularity. So that it should be canonical with the Fate Stay Night. Again, this is totally us being completely uh, it, 
probably not experts on this stuff, but that's as far as Remember, I know. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the closest thing to a, a, a not understanding anything about this. I only know the Fate series itself, the, the first, the, the main series. But even with Fuyuki, it was, it was screwed up because you had Caster uh, Ku in there. It wasn't like, you know, here's you know Berserker or Hercules or um, here was you know Archer. Here was all these other characters that were in that particular time period. It was kind of screwed up. So it, but it it does have its own. Kind well, I of thought that was the history. whole point. I thought that was the whole point of the singularities is that they are screwed up. That was why right. you had to go back to, in time to fix them. Right, and that was a big surprise. They seen him, and he actually cracked jokes about it, like. I don't know why I'm <laughs> casting spells. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think they even had, like, uh, it was a different version of Medusa there. I forget what she was. I think she was an assassin. Yeah, it was It was kind of all over the place with the with the servants when they when they arrived there. So, I mean, that's, that's, of course, with all the singularities they're going to, is that it's just completely a destroyed period of time. So, I guess the big question is, if you don't want to touch Fate Grand Order mobile game, would you want to watch the series? And that's a big, that's a big question mark for me. Well, one of the biggest problems that I had with Babylonia, and this is aside from, I I still plan on going to Babylonia, and it I I kind of more dropped off more because I was bored of it, but that they had skipped so many of the singularities. So you're jumping so far ahead. Absolute Babylonia is one of the more interesting ones because it's kind of the grand climax per se, if you want to call it that. So it's, it's, it's one of those that I do want to go to because I skipped through God awful amounts of the storyline in, in fake grand order. Don't, don't even ask me to tell you how much of that story I followed because it's not very much. <laughs> I think the only thing that counters that is the fact that with the, at least with the Babylonia adaptation they've done so far, is that they don't technically rely on the characters from past. Like they're not bringing in Francis Drake or anything like that. Is is they're, is they're, Babylonia he's not before the final? Users, huh? Is Babylonia the one that's before the final, or is the final before Babylonia? Ugh, I don't remember. It's pretty, I, close. and I don't have my iPad, so it's pretty close. I don't, it is, it's not the the final for sure. I know it's not the final. But like, what I was going to say is the – I guess the thing that they're doing well with Babylonia is they're not really – with the anime is they're not really referencing the characters at all. I mean they, they technically do have some statements that are made. Um, I mean you have technically uh, uh, Da Vinci's there in the Chaldea talking to um, them as they're going through the singularity. But he doesn't – so he's kind of there with the servants that are in that timeline. He's not, that's one of the struggling things. Like early on, he's just running around with Mashu and Mashu's actually fighting things. And it's like, she's a shielder. She can't kill any of those things. What are you doing? <laughs> Cause he's not bringing any characters. He's only with the characters that are there, like Merlin and, and, uh, um, Anna and all those other characters. So yeah, it's, it's a struggle for me. I, it, it works technically because, the singularities that they're with the way they adapted that is, is very self encompassed. So it's just literally, 
hey, we're from this future sto- group. We're going back in time. We're going to stop this this timeline from being destroyed. Now we're in Babylonia, and then we're fighting these things, and we'll save it. It's not really going, okay, let's have a bunch of uh, statements that we don't know that our viewer is not going to understand about something that happened outside of the story. It's really just kind of focused on the happenings in that world and what the people are going through in that world. So that, that's the only thing that kind of saves it. But at the same time, the struggle is that, well, why are they coming back in time? And they kind of do like a quick, you know, spiel to give you kind of a, an update and then kind of throw them in there. But it's still kind of one of those things where you might be a little lost on that regard. So it's a struggle for me to recommend it just because of that. It's a fun show. And I think that it does have its own merits, but it as an entire story that you're going into, you're not going to really know what the big grand scheme of things. You just know that they they're there to stop the world from ending by basically time being destroyed through the effects of this Holy Grail, sir. Well, that's what First Order is for, right? First Order is the introduction, yes. Right. So you technically can watch First Order and jump straight into Babylonian. I think it's fine. So, but that's, that's, and, and this is from somebody that I'm like you, I kind of skipped through all the story with the, the actual mobile game. So it is nice for me to be able to kind of experience these stories through an animated format because I just, even though I tell myself, I'm never going to go back and actually watch them. So <laughs> I'm not going to, <laughs> I guess even that, in the new game that we're playing, I'm not going back to see the story. Yeah. I'll say I will, but I won't. But the other struggle is the fact that the story kind of keeps going. And will somebody get you kind of get a grasp break. of what's going on just by make doing the battles because you, you you see this character well okay I get that oh, randomly and... I'm fighting a dark Gushiwakamaru uh, that's totally makes sense to me obviously <laughs> she got corrupted at some point shrug shrug <laughs> no that's not how it works it doesn't work <laughs> but no I. I guess, yes, to, I'm glad to kind of bring up the Fate Grand Order, First Order, because I think you can get a grip of it, and I think you can then go from that straight into Babylonia. When Later you don't, on, they'll you, have are you saying? Are you saying that when I go and fight the chocolate monsters and the chocolate lady pops up and she seems to be obsessed about the chocolate, I'm not getting an idea of what's going on in the story? No. Because okay. you, missed, you missed the big plot twist. <laughs> she actually hates chocolate. She just wants a, a chocolate palace. So she just she wanted a chocolate world. hanging gardens. <laughs> but no, I, I, my whole point is that I think I think if you can watch Fake Grand Order, get enough of what's going on, be able to watch uh, Absolute Babylonia, be able to watch Camelot when they finally do that one, and be able to understand the story. I think the struggle is that. Yeah, they'll probably do it eventually as you're not getting the complete story because it's a mobile game that's been going on for, like, what, four years now. You're never probably going to get a full story from what it is. So it is a struggle in that regard to recommend it. So, But I think I think they are really cool uh, pieces of animation, enough that I, I, I actually do enjoy them. But I think some of that my enjoyment is based on the fact that I've enjoyed the other ones so much. So it is kind of one of those things of... You should do the gateway drug of the original Fate series, Fate Zero, Unlimited Blade Works, Heaven's Fill. And if you like the franchise, I think it's worth it to jump into Fate Grand Order and Absolute Babylonia because you're getting the same kind of mechanics with just another take of characters. So just don't expect it ever to end. Hopefully it'll have a cool conclusion that will make it worth 
watching and suggest for people that are outside of the franchise or outside of the mobile game. But that's something that well, I'm just based find out on soon. just based on. I mean, but how much have they dug into any of the characters? I know that they probably dug into the goddesses, but how about any of the other characters? What other characters? Ushiwakamaru, mm-hmm. um, Leonidas. Mm-hmm. Um, All the characters in that singularity they'll go into. Good. They went to Merlin. How went about into Ish- how about my favorite Lolly? They dig into her. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You saw part of it. The big reveal. So, no, it, it that is that was the thing with the singularities too. Is that and the same same thing with the Fate Stay Night series? Is every single one of them will dive into each one of the servants and kind of do a deep dive in the characters. And that's the thing that kind of draws me with all of these franchises is that every arc, every story, even with these every singularity, is kind of that deep dive in these characters. I mean, the amount of kind of character development they had with uh, Gilgamesh Caster in Absolute Babylonia has been fantastic. Maybe I just figured it out. There's not enough Ilya in these Freight Grand Orders. That's probably why I don't like them. There's lots of Mashu. That's why you like them. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I like my Gilgamesh too. I know you don't like them. Everybody doesn't like Gilgamesh. I can't stand Gilgamesh. I actually kind of like Caster Gilgamesh. He's a lot more chill, but he still, ha- but but he doesn't have that. Well, no, he he still he still no, because he's he he was ruined in in one of the fates stays, and, and so yeah, I don't like him. I think eventually we'll probably have like a spoiler discussion of, of our favorite <laughs> moments and. And what makes us hate characters so much? I think that'd be fun. The burning, I, my burning hatred for him is actually spilling over into the Fate Grand Order f- franchise. So we totally, I don't even think I like Kid Gil now. <laughs> Come on, he's before the times. I, I think we did jump forward a little bit though, because we also had another series that came out before the Fate Grand Order anime adaptations happened, which was Fate Apocrypha. And like I kind of mentioned with Fate Apocrypha, it is a it is something that is kind of completely outside of the timeline. I I totally thought it was a uh, like a way pre pre prequel because I did kind of mention the idea of this this grand uh, Holy Grail war, and so I thought that was kind of connected. But I'm again, this is one of those areas where I'm kind of hazy on how a lot of these things kind of connect. A lot of them kind of seem like they're prequels or sequels to games and spinoff novels and spinoff visual novels. So. I don't think there's any connection whatsoever to the Fate Stay Night series with the Fate Apocrypha. But that one was a, a cool one to me. I I have to admit that it wasn't the most engaging story. They had a lot of really cool battles in it. I did like the aspect of the two groups of uh, mages and, and servants fighting each other. And so there was a lot of characters to kind of throw out there. There was a lot of characters that I've enjoyed from the Fate Grand, Fate Grand Order series, like... You know, uh, Staffo and a lot of those other characters being in that series. But it was really cool having this kind of change the whole idea, having this huge Holy Grail War that's happening between two sides. And it had a lot of kind of twists, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of changes. They even threw randomly in their whole side plot line going after uh, the assassin. Um, so that was a, a cool kind of addition in there. So I, I did enjoy it. Had, it had its moments, but I think the overall story was kind of lackluster for me. But it was it was a cool 
a cool take on the on the entire franchise. I know it's not a a popular one for a lot of people, but I did I did actually enjoy it. So it's kind of a an oddball in the mix. And then we also had Fate Extra Last Encore, and it's like I think that's the one that only I enjoyed. <laughs> and this one was a weird one because it was done by Shaft. And for those that don't know who Shaft is, they do like a lot of they do Bakumonogatari series. They do the uh, Pull Out Magic, Madoka Magica. They're kind of really artsy studio. It does a lot of crazy stuff. Why would nobody like Last Encore? I was the only one that seemed to enjoy it, and everybody else said they didn't like it. So everybody was confused apparently by it. It is a very very abstract story. I would just say that. It's a very abstract storytelling. And then you have a very artsy-fartsy studio doing it. And I think a lot of people came into Fate Extra wanting Unlimited Blade Works. They wanted super crazy epic battles and stuff like that. It ended up being more talky and about the spirit and the soul and what's what does it mean to be alive and... Um, these different layers they're going through. And maybe it's because I watched it twice. Because what happened is they released it originally, like the first core, and then they had like this segment of like, I don't know, four episodes they released way later. And so I ended up having to rewatch it again just so I can kind of remember what was going on before I went into the last episodes. And so maybe it's, that's the reason why I kind of understood it better. But it wasn't that confusing to me. Which also helps because then I later on played Fate Stella, and that one's kind of based off the same concept with the the kind of digital embodiment that people kind of go off to. So it was a it was a cool one, but I think the main draw that I had with that one again it was with the other ones is the characters, and that one was a huge draw for me was finally getting to know who Nero Umu. was. Yeah, <laughs> because of Umu, and Nero is kind of a character that I've I've seen a lot of people just gush over, especially playing fake grand order at the same time. And a lot of people are like, Oh my crap, I got to get Nero. And I'm like, I, it's, that's fine. It's, it's Nero. and not really too huge on her. And then I watched fate extra and it's like, I suddenly love Nero <laughs> as a character because it was again, another case of taking a, you know, a, a, a person from history, gender swapping them and making a whole story behind them to make it make sense. And she was a character that had a lot of kind of struggles that she went through. It wasn't the Nero that we kind of know from actual history. It's just a different type of Nero. And her kind of way of seeing everything based off of what she's been through was like, oh my gosh, I love you <laughs> so much. I just want to hug you. So it was it was a cool take on it. It was a it was a like I said a very abstract world. It's some crazy stuff. You had, at some point you had Ren in there, and she was like like infused by a lancer and just doing crazy stuff. Like she was Ku Ren Tosaka, and I I loved it for that. It was it, a lot of these really cool little mechanics they were throwing in there. Uh, the first layer, each of the layers they went through had its own kind of story and what the people were doing within it was fascinating. Like the very first one was like this concept of trying to bribe the people, the servants or the, uh, the masters that were going through. I know I've been saying mages this whole time. They're called technically masters. <laughs> the masters coming through this first layer were almost bribed to give up their servants and just give up the game and how that kind of works was fascinating. And then going to the later ones with like uh, nursery rhyme and, and um, the assassin, all these cool little kind of layers Holy that have their own storage within Nursery them. Nursery rhymes in, in Last Encore? Yep. You want to watch oh. it now? It was really dark. 
Oh, no. Very, very dark nursery rhyme story. Um, you'd like it. But yeah, it, it was it was fascinating in its own right, and I I did enjoy. It. Like I said, I was I admit there was times where I was really confused, but I think if you if you stick through it, it's a really cool story. You might have to watch episodes more than once, though. I technically I did, <laughs> in a in a sense. So that one's a that was a that's a good one that I ended up picking up as well. Um, and then I think that's I think the only one that we had that I had with other than that was uh the today's menu with the Emilia family, which was a. If you really like the Fate Stay Night series, it's the Fate Stay Night characters just having a normal daily life. They're technically still servants and masters, but they're just kind of just getting together and having food. Which is really crazy because Andrew doesn't like food porn shows. And this is the only one that I actually enjoyed because it had a bunch of cameos. <laughs> and my favorite characters in it, so it worked. It was really cool, though, because it was funny because that was done by football as well, which is kind of a crazy idea to have is this studio that does crazy high uh you know lens flares and awesome animation and just cgi mixed in with uh regular animation that looks beautiful and then suddenly i know where they have kind of a soft color palette traditional very calm show about cooking food and even though every now and then they kind of had fun it was mostly just that so it was really cool to again with that one's with the Carnival Phantasm. I think if you watch the original series, enjoy it. These are these two kind of soft shows that are not about fighting; they're just about goofing off. So, and yeah, like technically the other one was the Lord L. Malloy case files, Red Zeppelin. Again, I believe that is supposed that is technically supposed to be post Fate Stay Night because again, I think my my confusion I had was that I thought so again. Fate Zero is technically the very first part story. Fate Stay Night is the Hel- Holy Grail War, the second one. And then you have the uh, Rel Zeppelin, which is kind of shortly after that, where one of the one of the masters from the original Fate Zero is now an adult. He's now at the, they call it the, the Clock Tower. There's the Clock Tower. He's a, yeah, he's technically a um, professor there. And he's teaching students there magecraft. And at the same time, he's kind of solving these mysteries. And what kind of solidifies it as being a sequel to the original series of Zero is because it is Waver. He is now an adult. And he's solving these mysteries. But at the same time, he's actively trying to become part of the next Holy Grail War so that he can then summon Ryder again and essentially has a lot of regrets for how he handled Ryder. He wanted Ryder to win and he felt like he failed Ryder. And so now he wants to undo that and see Ryder again. So that is a cool one. If you really do, and this is funny because in fate zero, when I watched it originally, I hated waiver, hated him with a passion. And so when it came to him actually having a, a follow-up story, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this because I technically don't like Waver. Um, I can't, I kind of was drawn to it more of the fact that there was Grey there and it was within the Fate franchise, so I wanted to watch it. Um, but the only thing that kind of makes it weird is that there's characters from Fate Apocrypha that are in there. There's ca- characters from Fate Grand Order that's in there. So it's it's one of those ones where it's like, is that technically canonically in you know within that timeline and universe or is this kind of one of those weird mashups where they kind of throw characters in from the outside willy-nilly and it's technically a spin-off? It, it i feel like it's a sequel so i was just 
I was just personally thinking that this was a prequel to Fate Apocrypha because it had Fate Apocrypha characters in there actively actively seeking to be part of the next Holy Grail War II. I mean, they had uh, uh, the Red Rider, uh, Red Saber's master in there. They had um, what was the other one they had in there? Uh, the ones that were from the nobility fam, uh, noble family. That was a sister and the brother. I think they had the brother in there. So it's it's really cool in that regard. So there there's cameos there as well. So yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. But I think if you like the characters, you're gonna enjoy it anyway. So, but it, with with fate uh, with the girl Zeppelin, I I wanted more of Gray's character, and they never really did get to her arc. They instead did the Rel Zeppelin arc, and so it's a struggle for me. I did like the Rel Zeppelin arc. But I kind of almost wish that they took those first, the first half of the core, where it was just kind of random problem solving, and just did Gray's arc instead. So I hope they do another sequel to continue that one. So, but so what's, even, even though I don't like Waver, I did enjoy him as character. So what is your verdict? Are we are we all done with all of these? Or is there more? Uh, that's 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 all of them technically. So what is your verdict? If you were to actually break it down for somebody, how would you say to watch? They, they, they've already committed. I'm going to watch all of this. You're talking to me. I'm going to watch the entire series. Okay. I thought I just, I've been telling that the entire time. No, I mean, it's just an actual breakdown of exactly how you would do it. No, in, no going nutshell. off on sidetracks. Yeah, in a nutshell. No a nutshell. going off sidetracks, exactly what you want to watch. Try to watch the 2006 Fate Stay Night Studio Dean. If you, like, are suffering by five, I would say just jump into Unlimited Blade Works. Not, not, not Unlimited Blade Works. I would jump into the Zero. So try to watch the original Fate Stay. If you can't stand it, go watch Zero. Then watch Unlimited Blade Works. The Ufootable Unlimited Blade Works, the TV series. <laughs> then Heaven's Feel. Because I my my at thinking that point, is, I I really don't know. I, I I would say watch Zeppelin after that if you. That's like what I was Waver. thinking. I was th- I would say go with Zeppelin. If then you I like would Waver. go. <laughs> then I would go with Apocrypha. After Maybe that, after that, Encore. after that, it's really a struggle for me to recommend the shows because they're not like you must watch. No, no. But that's, if you are that's liking what, it, what you're watching, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to go through the entire series. This is this is my thinking where I would go. I would definitely go Fate Stay Night, Dean. I would definitely do Unlimited Blade Works. No zero, Unlimited because Unlimited Blade Works assumes you watch zero. Okay, fine. I'll put zero before Unlimited Blade works just because Andrew has trumped me. Um, then Heaven, Heaven's Feel for sure. I would probably go to Zeppelin. Then I'd go to Apocrypha because it, to, the, based on what I know, the knowledge that I have of it, because I haven't watched all of the the ones that are in that particular section, the Fate, Grand Order, Apocrypha, Last Encore... I would be mixed between Apocrypha and Last Encore because I think uh, Apocrypha has Nero in it, right? Right. So, no, Apocrypha doesn't have Nero in it. It has Mordred and what was the other saber? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. he. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, um, Siegfried. Siegfried. Sumanaisan. <laughs> Oh, they, did they bring in a second? What did say? 
Okay. Now you did, that's how I, I got what I needed I to know. Say, don't I got say. what I needed to know. Because that's I did like, see like, I did see a second and that was that was a, a little bit odd. Okay, I got it. I know that there was rules broken in that one too, so I got it. Anyway, I would probably go with Apocrypha and then last Encore, and then I'd start digging into the Grand Orders. Uh, first Order being first, uh, Absolute Babylonia, and then I think that's it there. Now, the last thing I would do is probably start digging into the fun shows, which would be Carnival Phantasm, uh, Emia Family, and then if you really are hardcore go with Delia. But yeah, that's the direction I would probably go. This sounds pretty close to what I say. Like I said, try Studio Dean 2006 Fate Stay Night TV series. I think it's kind of necessary. Don't even, I wouldn't don't bother, bother with the bother Dean with the unlimited, movie. Yeah, unlimited Blue Watch Dean, it is a, don't bother. It wasn't a bad rendition. It's just, mm. it's not, not as, uh, it, no. conclusive as the Ifutable one. And with Ifutable's version sitting right there next to the Dean version, it's just not even worth bothering. Well, that's like if Ifutable ever did a Fate route, a Fate Stay Night, I would say I, never yeah. bother with the Dean one ever again. It's just, like I said, unfortunately, it's, it is the only one that we have for that one. So yeah, 2006 Fate Stay Night Dean version, Fate Zero, Fate Stay Night on the Blade Works TV series, I can't really say watch Heaven's Film right now because it's not technically done, but if it is done by the time you hear this, go watch that movie series. Well, it's even even still, it's it's good to have that, uh, even if the, the third ver- version is not out yet. I mean, I would say it's still kind of nice to have that little bit of extra understanding of what's going on in the in the main, mainline series, even if it's not quite done yet. Yeah. After that, I would say probably um, Lord L. Melwick, Case Files, Bell Zeppelin. If you're a fan of like you know mystery and stuff like that, it's it's kind of hard to say it's a mystery because it's technically dealing with Magecraft, and Magecraft really can't be logically <laughs> deduced about what's happening because it's Magecraft. So that was one of the criticisms that people had about that series was like, oh well, there's these the mysteries are terrible because. It's just kind of like, well, whatever here is the reason why this happened. It's like, well, duh, because it's magic. You can't really figure out how something happened when you don't even know the mechanics of the magic they're using. So it is it is kind of one of the struggles, too. But I think if especially if you liked, again, Waver, you're going to love that series. And then after that, I would probably say Apocrypha because it's the most like the other series where it is a – it's character – it's half and half characters and battles. Um, whereas Fate Extra is going to be – the probably the most out of the norm besides real zeppelin and that would probably be the one i would do after that but that that's another one where you're going to be it's very abstract and it's very wordy and it's not so much about the battles it's about the characters and the world so keep that in mind after that yeah i would say if you just are in love with the franchise at that point yeah check out fake grand order first order absolute babylonia but you're going to have the struggle with that is a technically again based off a franchise that is just ongoing and it's this very broad story. So even when I go to review Absolute Babylonia when it does finish, it's going to be a struggle for me to recommend just because it's so kind of its own thing way over here and not technically the entirety of the that thing. So 
is going to be probably strictly based on the fact if you just want to see a bunch of cool characters in one singularity that they call singularity. It's one time frame. It's kind of cool. So, yeah, that's it. And yeah, I guess technically I'll go with you <laughs> after that point. If you if you're bored and, and you're okay with the kind of the more uh, questionable uh, taking all the characters in questionable positions, go after the fake Clyde Liner because it does have some cool elements within that franchise. Carnival Phantasm and today's menu. You can watch that right after you watch Face Day Night. It's just it's just fun, fun stuff kind of stuff. So. Yeah, but yeah. you won't get the same in enjoyment out of all the all the cameos unless you've watched pretty much the entire series first. At least the Fates only Day Face Day Night. Night. Yeah, yeah. There, are no, there are no characters in that besides Face Day Night. Well, I mean, besides with Carmel Phantasm, you do have Tsukihime characters in there. You can watch Tsukihime as well. So, oh, but, I forgot about them. Yeah, but like I said, I just ran to those skits and go, I don't know who these characters are. They did something funny. Moving on. <laughs> Okay, now now uh, Berserker is now going to buy something for Ilya at the store and, and, and randomly runs into different servants and has battles. Cool. <laughs> Who dies? <laughs> oh, it's just it's just goofy fun. But no, I guess the I guess the only thing I was kinda kinda go over was what to the extent of what is Andrew's love for this franchise. Obviously, there's something to show sign of his love for the franchise. And not necessarily that you have to do this in order to love the franchise. I'm just saying this is what I've done because of my love for it. 75 saber faces? <laughs> I was at some point wanting to buy the entire Nendoroid collection of Fate Stay Nights. And at some point I just stopped. Like the last one I got was Astafo. But yeah, I was going pretty crazy with those. Buying every single one of them. I got... Um, Saber as a as a lion, Saber Lily, uh, Saber from Fate Zero, Mashu from Fate Grand Order, uh, the original training Saber, uh, Nero, Saber Bride, the original OG Saber, Ruler from Fate Apocrypha, um, Staffo from Fate Apocrypha, Rinjasaka, Emiya, Archer from Fate Stay Night. Uh, Saber Altar from technically Heaven's Fill, Medusa or Rider from Fate Stay Night, and Gilgamesh. It's all the androids I have. This is a lot of them. But yes, I do have an entire cabinet of technically they're all Saber. Saber face except for one Ren Tosaka, if I remember right. Well, there's there's uh, there's a uh, um. Saber Kimono, Saber uh, Cruiser, Alter Sabers in there. I think my probably my biggest ones that I have is Saber Cruiser, the one with the motorcycle. Um, the most expensive one was is definitely the uh, Hook version or Hook version of Saber Alter. It's like this huge thing. It came with a portrait and everything. Uh, I got the Type Moon Racing versions of all the with Rintasaka and Saber Nero. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a ton of them in that case. I have an entire... It, it, okay, to give you an idea, if you know how how into Miku Andrew is, there's only one character that has beaten Mik Miku in Andrew's figures, and that is Saber. 
I get, I get I get at some point where I realize I can't have them all, and I just stop. <laughs> I did that with the, the Mikus. I was buying like all the racing versions every year, and then at some point I'm like, I just have to stop because I, I think that's one of the difficulties with getting into characters that are really popular. Saber case characters are very popular, so you just don't want to get into them because they will continue to make figures for ever. So basically, just proceed at your own risk when it comes to saber faces. Is what I'll leave it at. <laughs> For those that don't know what the Saber face is, it's just basically the original Fate Stay Night Saber. Um, that artist kind of made a lot of characters that were pretty samey to her. I don't really... I, I see I see the aspect of character designs being similar, but that's just like any other art style. They have a similarity to a lot of their character designs, but that one in particular got the, the name of Saber face. So. Yeah. So you have, yeah... Nero looks similar to her and and so on and so forth. But um yeah, I outside of a lot of the original Saber, I do have like Nero, I have a, a swimsuit Nero. But other than that, it's mostly Alter Sabres. And then when I got into Fate Grand Order, I got a lot of enjoyment of a lot of other characters that I decided to get figures of, like Mashu. Um I think it's it, there's I have a ruler. Um, from Fate Apocrypha, and I have some Rentasakas, which I wish I had more Rentasakas. I want the original uh, Good Small Company Rentasaka. A lot of the other ones don't really have her in original outfit and stuff. So, but no, outside of outside of figures, um, I try to collect all the different Blu-ray releases of them, which is a commitment in itself because Anaplex USA. <laughs> likes to charge a lot for their releases and pretty much everything fate related is going to be released by them so yeah you do have the original dean release was sentai filmworks so that one's cheap the original unlimited blade works movie was suit sentai so that's cheap but those are those aren't the good ones so <laughs> when you get into zero that's anaplex i have the zero series uh unlimited blade works series was anaplex i got that one uh fate zero was done by them have that one fate apocrypha fate extra so that's been a huge investment is just trying to get all those ones because they're not cheap and even when you get into the, the other type moon stuff like garden of sinners was them so that was expensive Tsukihime was sentai so that one's cheap but then like i said to go back to the the issue with the other ones today's menu with the emmy family i think that's going to be funimation i think they are released it so that one will be easy one to get <laughs> Carnival Phantasm was never released. Uh, Fate Collide Liner Prisma, I have what was released of theirs with Sentai Filmworks. So those are cheap. And I think that's it. And then I have two games. Fate Extella. Well, Fate Extella and Fate Extella Link, which is a sequel. Those are good. Um, those are in kind of the same kind of world set as Fate Extra. So if you liked Fate Extra check out Fate Extella, and it'll have, you know, Nero and all them inside that kind of ethos or that universe within that one. But that one namely follows three arcs. There's Nero, so you get her story, and then you have um, Tamamo Namai. She has an arc. And then there is Altera. Her story was actually really good in that in that series. And it sucks because you have to, like go through the, all the arcs and then it kind of does a side arc which is hers and it's completely from a different angle and it's like almost 
this is technically the big bad guy of the series, and now you're suddenly stuck with her. And so you're kind of going from the bad side, bad guy's side, but you get like this whole viewpoint of her and how she has both this, her nature to do what she needs to do, but then you also have this like almost cute side of her that she kind of reveals. And you almost kind of wonder, is it is it real or is it fabricated? And then you kind of get this whole glimpse of what life she technically lived on Earth when she did. So it was it was really cool. It was a, like I said, I kind of liked her already because she kicks total butt in the game. <laughs> Fake Grand Order. She was, she, she but, was, um, with this one, it was really like, okay, now I, you know, yeah, you get the whole why she's destroying everything. And that's her whole thing is like, she wants to destroy everything, civilization. And this was like a side of this other side of her. She was one of the one of the first characters that I kind of technically loved, but I never got her. I only recently yeah. got her. But yeah, she was uh, next to Jack. She was one of the few that I I really really wanted her, and I tried so hard to get her, but I did finally get her. Yeah. And the other game I got was uh, Fate Extra on PSP, and I didn't play that very long. <laughs> I don't know what it was about that I just I didn't. I, maybe it was a certain time where I didn't really want to play it, but it's on. It was on PSP, and it was. I, I technically, I think I got it for the Vita, but it was a digital only release, and I, I played that for a little bit. And like I said, I didn't get very far into it. And I guess the other thing I played was uh, they had a crossover in, in Alchemist Code for it, so I got those characters in there. That's about it. So, yeah, that's 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 about pretty much mostly. And I guess outside of that, I have a. Um, I don't know if it's like a, we call it a cell replica of uh, a portrait drawing of the Unlimited Blade Works characters, um, which they did, which was like this cool little release where they have a it's picture it's canvas framed and it has um, a background, it has a cell um, drawing on it with inking, and they have a sketching that comes with it as well, and it's kind of limited, so that was cool. Something I picked up, um, plenty of wall scrolls, and. Um, I think that's it. I think that's the extent of my Fate Grand Order collection stuff. And as soon as uh, Good Smile releases more figures, I'll probably get those as well. I've pretty much limited myself to only buying Good Smile Company releases of, of Fate figures because at some point, Anaplex decided, okay, now we're going to start doing our own figure making. They 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 did some work with a company called Stronger for the longest time, but I think they bought Stronger or something because now they just label everything as just Anaplex and they have just been making, like, every month there's a release of a figure. So I'm glad I managed to get myself to stop. <laughs> like, at some point I realized, wow, there's, like, one every, like, two weeks. I'm going to stop now. I, I can't keep buying these. Um, they're really well done with, with Stronger and, and Anaplex, but... At least with the Good Smile, they're kind of limited, and I've always loved their quality, so I'm like, I'll just stick with them going forward. <laughs> I try like, to generally stay away from figures. It's a good thing. I don't blame you. It's like buying into Fake Grand Order. I don't blame you. One of these days, I'll, I'll, I'll actually convince you to let me have my character over there. Your character over here? Yes. I'm going to get her. Just Rory is the only one I can think of. <laughs> I will get her. One day, I need to. I need to sell some. I have a Mordred too. I I forgot that you, did she way down there? I have a Mordred way down there, so I have two from Fate Apocrypha. Technically, I think that's the only. I have a hero on X too. You do? Yep, down at the bottom. Oh it's yeah, not, it's not Alter. She doesn't have the second sword. 
She's supposed to have a second sword? Yeah. yeah X has it. She doesn't, technically does, yeah. She has both Excalibur and uh, and uh, Caliber. Or is it is it Caliber? It's Mordred's sword. Caliburn. Caliburn. <laughs> that's... That's a weird name. No, that one Some is, weird name. That's... Uh, no, that's S-A-O. Yeah, Caliburn, but Caliber is... With the U-R is, is a thing. But yeah, did they call it Burn or did they call it Burr? And stated, and it might have been. Because I know Burr is one. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the only other thing I, we can probably do is 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 put a huge spoiler up and say our favorite moments of Fate franchise. Would that be fun? I don't know. Super big spoiler here. No, Beyond this point, it only go if you actually don't care about spoilers. Or if you've watched all the stuff, I guess that's the thing you can do. So why do you hate Gilgamesh so much? Do you want to bring up that that big spoiler? It's so burned into my head. It's like it can't <laughs> can't go away. Was that in the original Fates Day Night? I don't remember what happened to her in that one. It's been so long. It was either him or uh, it had to have been him. One he ripped out her heart, and the other one he stabbed her through through with a whole bunch of swords. So yeah, I want to say both times it was him. Stabbed with a bunch of swords. Yeah, in Unlimited Blade Works, he, I want to say he was stabbed with a bunch of swords, or she was stabbed with oh, a yeah, bunch of swords. He went boop, and then she fell over, and then he ripped her heart out. That was in Unlimited Blade Works. Did he Works. rip 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 yeah. out her heart both times? That's what one was there one for. time it was that big old dramatic holding her up and ripping out her heart. I don't know. What did Heaven Phil do? Or is she still alive? In she's Hemsville? still alive in Heaven's Phil. She's Thank pretty much goodness. the only one. She's pretty much the only one that's doing anything. Thank in, goodness. In so Field. far, it's remaining okay for Chris to go through Heaven's Phil. They haven't gotten anything to no. Bad. They, 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 they just—they're instead of torturing one character, they're torturing another character. So yeah. Which character? Um. Well, she's technically Sa- Sakura is being tortured, but thankfully, it hasn't really. Hasn't gotten bad yet. I mean, it has. It 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 said that something really bad happened to her, but so yeah. far we haven't seen anything bad happen to her. Besides True. the fact that she's going nuts, she's just going crazy. She's going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it's it's frustrating to at me. At least because... at least she she did some retribution on a on a particular Shinji. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just frustrating because with with Gilgamesh is I've always touted the fact that he's like the most he's a He's like the worst bad guy that I love. Like he's so bad, but I I love his his pom- his pompous is he's is so is, pompous. is so fun. I do I do agree with that, and that's that's one of the one of the things that I was getting ready to say on the on the Babylonia. Kind of the reason why I liked him is because he's 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 not as he's not as sadistic he's just more it's more of his pompous side that comes out like like come on over here maggots basically kind yeah. of that mentality <laughs> like commoners and that's the great thing about him in episode about babylonia is he's the caster form of course being gilgamesh and he's he's got like this very everything's below me but he still acknowledges the worth of of humankind but he's more of a collective person he doesn't he sees things as a collective like he doesn't see his citizens, he sees. He doesn't see Billy and Bob. He sees his citizens, his his people. Right. And so every decision he makes is really kind of based on the idea of, you know, making sure that the most survive. And the way that he kind of interacts with people, he never, 
yeah, he talks down on people every now and then, but he's typically very kind of um, open nature about, you know, nurturing his his civilians. And it's like when he, they had this whole moment where he went out with uh, the main character went out with uh, Gilgamesh to the, the village and he would kind of mess with the kids and say, yeah, you, you should grow up to be a strong uh, supporter of our of our nation kind of thing. And it's like. Yeah, technically, you can kind of see that being a bad thing, but he was very good-natured about it. He's just like a – he's a bad guy, but you like him. <laughs> but yeah, you, you do see a soft side in, in, in with his his um, um, his assistant and everything. So, But no, it, I, I do struggle with that, though, because I technically did not like that scene with him and, and Hercules and – or uh, yeah, I, I can say Hercules now. <laughs> Hercules and, and Ilya, but – it was just a powerful scene too that I can't deny it. Yeah, and like I it, said, it was, he is a strong dude that is very assured of himself. Yeah, he. It was one of the. Well, maybe it was uh, Hercules that he kept stabbing up and making them all stand. Yeah, up. the I chains. remember the chains. Yeah, the heavens chains. He had to. He had to lock them down, and he kept pushing through it and pushing through it <laughs> until he finally stopped. It was one of the things that kind of made me really like Hercules. Truth be told, that's one of those battles that really kind of stands out. Is is Gilgamesh versus. Um, Hercules, because Hercules, him and his, uh, was it seven lives or nine lives, yeah, nine lives, something like that. It, he is absolutely a beast, and you you see him go at, uh, going going toe to toe with Saber, and Saber having a hard time when she's technically supposed to be invincible, and it was one of those that kind of like was an icing on the cake be, between all how. It, it 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 upped the ante up to the next level of okay yeah you're just you have a bunch of really invincible characters going at each other but now we're taking it to the next level and Gilgamesh was kind of because like I like we were when I was mentioning earlier you you have the the two or three characters that were uh, uh the two or th- the two servants that were outside of the realm and Gilgamesh being one of them the other one was of course assassin that Andrew had mentioned the one that had the swallow um uh yeah summoned by Castor he was summoned by Castor so he was a second assassin which w- shouldn't have been there and Gilgamesh was an archer that wasn't supposed to be there because he was held over from the previous war yeah they basically they can technically retain their they can technically survive as long as they have management to maintain them because they technically did that with the extra episode in unlimited blade works is they had saber still there and they were retaining her using mana like once once the mana gives up they'll disappear but as long oh, as they okay, keep I got you. I got the mana about. they'll they'll stay there and it was it was one of those things that was it was it was fun to see that and it, you had the reveal of Gilgamesh and then on top of that you start to see how powerful he really was going up against uh, Gilgamesh or Hercules who was giving uh, Saber a really hard time. What I always liked is that he's not he's not fighting him. He's just standing there and his chains are coming. That's what he's love. He's always kind of standing there with his arms crossed or something like that. And he's just kind of sitting there on like a top of a, a light pole or something like that going, no, he, he that's below him to raise his hand. Yeah. He's just that epic. And 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 it's one of those things. It, it, I really, really liked him up until that moment. And, and it was one of those kind of things that was like a draw drop moment for me. And it was like, wow. Oh, you did not just do that. <laughs> At least all he did was poker. I just, there he goes. Just died. Just yeah. Stab, 
I'm yeah. still I'm still talking about him ripping out the heart. Okay, <laughs> she was dead. It's okay. Well, I don't know. I remember if she was dead when he ripped it out. In the first one, no, it was, no, it was a ruthless. Being... He, I'm I'm positive he stabbed his hand right into her chest. I'm almost positive. Are you sure that wasn't the Unlimited Blade Works movie? <sighs> Maybe. See, this is this is trying to dive. This way is one of those. Back. This is one of those that's <laughs> really burned into my head. I, I think my my other favorite moment in all of the Blade Works was probably the uh, the whole scene with uh, Ku comes in there, Ku Huling, which is a lancer, and he was kind of joking about the fact that uh, Rin actually likes Emiya or something like that, and she was all being flustered, and uh, Emiya didn't like him getting too close to Rin or something like that, and that's what kind of triggered it. And it was that was a really goofy moment with them. No, every every one of those fights were absolutely amazing. The one that always kind of jumps out, and I, I've watched it a million times, was the the initial fight with uh, Emiya versus Ku. That was just a just insanely awesome battle. Just the audio and everything was just phenomenal for that one. But yeah, probably the second best would probably be Gilgamesh versus um, Hercules. That was a was a solid fight. Yeah, unlimited blade works. It was a it was a soft kill, like you were talking. That looks like probably stay the right there on the top right. Yeah, this that one. was unlimited blade works when he killed uh, the homunculi that were protecting Ilya. That's the homunculi. Oh, okay, because he, he he paid his respect to her for standing for so long. <laughs> Those homunculi were were epic as well. Oh no the the snow scene with Hercules protecting Ilya. Oh, that was a phenomenal yeah, that episode. Was a pretty episode. Because he had like this this contrast with the blood and the snow, and all the wolves were attacking. It was just a just awesome scene. Of course, they had a lot of that, that, that's that's Afutable's work. There is that phenomenal beauty that they can create with these with this animation and the colors and everything. And I think outside of that, Zero, my favorite, I, I I loved, even though I didn't like him <laughs> for obvious reasons, Kiritsuka, Emiya, he was just brutal. Like, he had no magic, so he kind of relied on, you know, just his abilities as an assassin. And the way he used that to beat some of the, 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 the masters was insane. Like, the one that I always remember is when he forced Lancer uh, and had him kill himself, basically by tricking the by using a hostage against the the master of the lancer which always sucks because that's the ongoing jokes is the lancers always get like the short end of the stick every single series like they always die the worst way possible usually by impelling themselves mm-hmm. um they, it never it never goes well for ku or diamond that's right diamond that zero is another one that i need to watch again it's been so long but I knew I knew a lot of it was just like how awesome Emiya was at just kind of manipulating people, or Kurutsuga was at manipulating people and using his abilities to take out mages. The old um, will he put bone or something like that inside of his bullets so that they would get past the magic or something like that? It was crazy. Did you you finished zero? Didn't you? No, I only that, got that about, You still have to finish. Yeah, I only got about. Three or Super four dark. Have fun with that one. Yeah, that one's that one's the one that that really. Jinobuchi. Is... What do you can you, what can you expect with Jinobuchi? So. I think that's the kind of the main reason why I I get kind of frustrated with the the series as as a whole. It is because I want to finish zero 
probably more. And I think because I, I almost associate that with maybe that's the reason why I don't love it as much as I should is because of zero. And so I want to finish it. Maybe that's one of those things where um, when we get some kind of side time, I would love to bust out the Blu-rays on that one because that is one that I do want to watch on Blu-ray because I originally streamed it and it wasn't not that it was in bad quality, but it was streamed a long time ago when when it was kind of fresh off TV. So I haven't actually watched all the way through the Blu-ray edition of it. So I'm curious if it'll be, yeah, both better quality, but also maybe some stuff in there that might have been cut for the TV version or maybe been added for the Blu-ray version of it. That would be cool. Uh, getting to some that you have not watched, I guess the only one that I would probably point out is I really did... Uh, Love some of the scenes in Fate Apocrypha. Apocrypha seems like the one that I would probably be most interested in watching. For uh, Fran, dude. Fran, yeah. Now I've I've always wanted to see. You don't Fran want to watch story. it for Jack, that's for sure. <laughs> I do kind of want to watch it for Jack, I, but at the same time, I know that her. See, and that's that's the thing is that one of the things if you don't get it, they they don't hold back much. Especially zero zero is going to be one that I'm going to have a really hard time with, especially in some of the parts that I already know is in there. That kind because it's well, you guys are spoilers, so you guys already know the man of worms is one thing that has always bothered me. I've never been big on the whole man of worm thing, and that was one thing that his. That was the other thing that kind of led in with with zero is you did have a lot of uh, you had essentially. Um, what was his name? I think it was. I think it was um, Sakura's dad sacrificed right. him up, self up to the mana warp so that he would control Berserker Lancelot, and that made a corrupt version of Lancelot. And so it was like super aggressive and and nuts. But the entire time it was essentially killing him. And then of course after that they kind of give up. Uh, after he kind of fails, they give up Sakura to them so that she can be tortured. <laughs> I was trying to think of his name. Which, by the way, anybody who's curious, my big spoiler was Emiya is Archer. I know that's big, big shock, right, everybody? Well, back then it wasn't really mainstream. It wasn't. It wasn't like everybody knew that. Now, like I said, that's what I was joking about. was like, nowadays, can anybody not know that? It, it, <laughs> especially if you're watching or playing the, you know, the game, the fake Grand Order game. It's like, you, it's it's there. He's kind of like an uncle to Sakura, not necessarily a father. I know that he was protecting both of them. And of course, that was a whole thing with Heaven's Feel is like the big reveal is like, oh, shocker, <laughs> they're sisters. And it's like, oh, I kind of knew that from Zero, <laughs> technically. So, um, I that did. poor guy got screwed up so bad. I knew that they were related, but I didn't know how related. I didn't know they were sisters at all. I had no clue. I figured they were cousins at best. But man, what's, what, I, what frustrates me most about uh, Heaven's Feel is how freaking insane Assassin's been on that one. Because he was total, like, cannon fodder in the other ones. Yeah. And suddenly I know where he's, like, massively OP. Uh, Hanavasan or whatever. He's, like, just insane. Just taking out everybody. Of course, it's t- partly due to them, all the traps they're kind of building and stuff. That's throwing them off. But, yeah. But, no, uh, Fate Apocrypha, they had a lot of deaths in that one that... It's one of those ones where, with Apocrypha, there's a lot of deaths in that one, of course. Of course, with all these, there's deaths, because the only way that, you know, one mage is going to win is if the other ones die. And, 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 and to be clear... But with Apocrypha, 
at least with all the deaths, it was kind of like they had their moment. Like they were, they were trying to make that last grandstand or something like that. Cause it, that's the difficulty with a lot of these cases where you just have characters that die and it's like, it's just so sudden and they didn't have a chance. And yeah. It makes you and feel that, bad. I think it, that's, that's like my, my main, my main thing is, is, is the brutality of it. Not necessarily how, I mean, a death doesn't really bother me per se. It's a brutal death. Like, Suffering. That's yeah. Iliasville uh, is is one of the biggest uh, explanations of that. Where um, it was it was kind of just a really big um, shock moment, and it and it really kind of lingered there for a moment. And it, it that's why it was so burned so so deeply. The the things that happened with Sakura, those are. Those are things that kind of linger in in a, in a lot of cases. The some of the scenes with um, Rin and and Shinji and that stuff is kind of more lingering, and it kind of bothers me. Yeah, this is the movie. Yeah, he just shows his hand there. So it's the Dean version that you hate so much. <laughs> Yank it out with blood everywhere, splatter, blood on pale skin. The contrast. Yorokobe Shonen. Freaking Shinji! Can we, can we, can we agree that the worst character in all of the Fate franchises is Shinji? <laughs> You'd have to put him against uh, Gilgamesh. Yeah. Though. So which, which one, Chris? Gilgamesh versus Shinji? Gilgamesh. Which, if, you can, if you can kill one of them, Gilgamesh. I'm going to kill Gilgamesh. Well, you know what's going to happen after that, right? Shinji's going to kill Ilya. I'll kill him too. <laughs> you can only have one. You can only have one. Oh. I'll give you another one that can compete with them too. Caster from Zero. I didn't get that far, but I do know what I did Ooh. see of him. He was pretty, pretty psycho. Did you see the scene with the kid that he let go? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty stupid. You gotta, you gotta let them have that moment. You have to kill them right at that moment when they feel they can get away. Yes. You, they have that that face that they are, they are free, and then you kill them. Yes, thank you for reminding me of that scene Dude, that he's... I had apparently completely <laughs> erased from my brain until you just brought it up. He was a servant that was so dangerous and causing so much damage to the world that they were in that they actually called all the masters to join together to kill him. That's a pretty bad sign. That guy was a pretty bad dude. I think when he all had, the masters didn't have to he be have just, to kill him. He had just the right, um, the right master for him too, didn't he? Yeah, it was some kid that was like just kind of like the laughing coffin guy, where he just wanted to, yeah, see what would happen if he killed something kind mm -hmm. of person. So yeah, he was a little, he was a little screwed up too. Hmm. I don't know why. That world decided, to but I didn't get that. I didn't get far enough to, to see the end of him. Uh, but I do know that they. I I want to say that they were already talking about how he was he was possibly a problem because I think they were saying that he was taking too much mana from the area or something like that. Yeah. Well, that, that's a funny because he was like pounding well, quickly. That's that's the kind of the funny things, and I, I guess it might just be of the fact that it's Jinobuchi that wrote it and wasn't necessarily the original writer. I'm sure that the original writer of Fate State was able to you know, give his consent on things. I don't know how that works, but like, I'm sure if that, that he... was an issue. Why wasn't cast? And it seems like it's always the casters. Why wasn't caster a fate stay night an issue? Because that's what she was doing too. She was pulling all the yeah. mana from the area. She was technically doing that. 
had all the fills they were she was putting on the the school to to draw and that's how of course Ren was investigating to find out where it was from but uh, yeah that was another good scene the fight between Saber and and the assassin that was a a cool one the fake assassin cuz that was a kind of a very noble fight that was kind of built up for quite well, some time well i it, it was one of those cool things that i i did like the concept of caster and hit and her her master it was one of those funny Dude, things he was awesome he was a cool he freaking wreck saber <laughs> like he kicked the crap out of her and he was and, it, and, it, and it's so funny because um the their interplay i don't think was covered well enough in uh the dean version the dean version I think the main frustration that I have more than anything with Dean is watching the Ufutable, or the Ufutable version makes you realize how much was just left out of Dean. Right, right. That, that, and that's the frustration. That, that, that's the frustration. That's why I do want to see it because eventually redone. Before, I before I, think, I think that was a single core too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 24 episodes. Well, why couldn't you pull that off in 24 episodes? I don't know Blade Works did. <laughs> It really, that's like I said, it's, it really does fascinate me. I really do want to rewatch it because I don't know. It boggles my mind they couldn't do as well as Unlimited Labor. And yeah, of course, not the budget, but just the storytelling. Like, the storytelling alone is what the, the huge draw was with Unlimited Blade Works. So. How, much, how many episodes was Unlimited Blade Works? 24. Technically 25, but. And then an extra. Because they had a. But of course, they had. Was the only the first episode was an hour and the second one was. I think this both first and second was an hour. I think it, no, I mean that, maybe that was series zero. Was it zero that had two one hour episodes? Series zero had or, an hour episode, first episode. That's for sure. I don't remember. I don't. Remember. I, don't I almost don't want to get into the other character, or the other series, for spoiler reason, just because you do kind of want to go watch them. So I'll <laughs> I'll leave them be. But yeah. That's, well, uh, it's it's like zero. I have a general idea of everything that happened in zero. I whether or not I I don't know the intricacies, which is the main reason why I want to watch it. Um, because I think that zero really probably digs more into the the mechanics than any of the other series. That's why I want to watch it so bad. Is the mechanics that, that I think that that is ha- that is very true because. Th- Essentially, the whole gist of it is having uh, the entire time you have a non-mage fighting mages, and so he is analyzing every single one of his targets right. and trying to figure out the way to get around the magic that they have. That's like I said, the bullets that were able to go through the shielding because it, he you know, put, I guess that I think it was bones, uh, certain bone, maybe it was mo- mage bone or something like that or something, uh, some creature. And he was putting the crumbs inside there so that it would go through their shields. And so they think they're going to stop something. And, and it just goes right through and right, right through their hand because they're trying to shield themselves. And so it's crazy. That's crazy. And not to mention it would give me more of a better idea of kind of the the background be- behind a lot of the characters that technically I know the general gist of everything. Like like we were talking about uh, Ilias Field being – uh, homunc- we didn't actually mention it, but she is a homunculus. Um, she is of uh, uh, 
think like she technically would be part homunculus because she's still part. Yeah, I want to say she's by human. She has had something to do with um, uh, Kiriagas. Is that his name? The ugly old man that puts people inside a maggot pool. Oh, he's the bad guy. I, I'm not him. Um, Emiya's quote unquote dad. He's not a, his dad, but he used to go. Yeah, that's the guy that I was thinking of. Um, and him and and Elias Veal's mom were technically a couple, right? And that's where that's why the whole brother that's sister where, thing. Yeah, that's from. where the whole brother sister thing comes in. And and that's that's the the thing is she hates lot, his mom, her dad, but technically Emiya idolizes his dad so there's a struggle there too oh really that's why she technically wants to kill him but <laughs> yeah but probably because he's the reason that she's dead right well, the it doesn't mother, matter yes. it's probably yeah. yeah well i i do know that she had something to do with the she was kind of like sakura's in the in the fate stay she was kind of the um the, like a vessel, the vessel for the Grail. Yeah, that was that was the other cool thing is that you had him essentially using uh, Iriusville to summon Saber so that he would have a servant, and then while his wife is technically on the battlefield with the servant, he's on the sidelines figuring out how he can assassinate them, the master on the battlefield. And it was like this whole thing of like. Man, you're such a jerk putting your your wife out there in the middle of danger just to serve this one purpose that you have. He was he's a fascinating character and like I said it this is again going purely off of very old memories so I can probably be wrong on a lot of this stuff but I don't know, it's been so long. Ugh. 10 strongest characters in the 5th Holy Grail. You're kind of not narrowing it down very much by doing 10 cuz that pretty much covers every single class <laughs> and then a couple extra people. Emia is not an <laughs> Bazette. <laughs> Bazette, stupid. Bazette's in the fifth. They do need more Bazette, though. By the way, I love Bazette. She is one of my favorite characters in Collide Liner. They briefly show her in Apocrypha. Lancer is not the most powerful. He dies every time in gruesome <laughs> ways. Now you're getting something with Hercules, yes. Saber, technically, yes. Gilgamesh, yeah. Oh, look at there. Sakura at the very end. The number one most powerful. Okay, I get it. Strongest characters. I gotcha. I thought it was strongest servants. I was. That's why I was freaking out. That's what I was joking about. You pretty much have every servant with that, and then you're jumping into technically... I think they're talking about Shiro, which you can't. Not. You can't put Shiro separate from Marjorie. <laughs> That's what but I'm saying. They're, they're talking about the master versus him as his servant form, which is from the future. Which that's why he would be higher, even though he technically beat himself. Mind blown. Anyways, uh, I guess I guess we should probably call it before we start saying more incorrect and, things. And I that piss bu- accidentally off. bump into something else that I don't want to know yet. <laughs> you don't want to know yet. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's a it's a fun little discussion about fate this fate series uh we didn't really talk about fate grand order but just know that it's taking a lot of my money away and um makes chris angry <laughs> so there you go 
I just want one one show where Ilya doesn't get killed brutally. Ilya. Prison of Ilya. Yeah, that's that's the reason why we love Need that Ilya. movie. Need that movie. <laughs> yeah, we hope you guys enjoy this little run through of the Fate franchise. Again, we're not experts. We probably said a lot of things that were incorrect. And there's a lot of shows that we were talking about that we haven't watched in a long time, so hopefully we didn't bug too many people. But, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. And, again, we're at TalkSpear.com. You can go there for all of our anime new and old. Great community in the form of I don't stop. trust Kid Gill. Social media links on the right side and all that good stuff. Hey, <laughs> Kid Gill is, is, is pure. He's very pure. You have a D- I don't trust him around Ilya. He's not allowed. No. I ship it. I kind of ship it too. Is that I the don't funny thing, him. though? Because he technically, the, it, <laughs> I it think technically that's the point. Work. I think that's you know the point. You know they're going with that. I think that's the point. That's too funny. We all take care. Oops.